When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. How good a week is this going to be? You got warm weather, you have football, you have the draft, and you get to watch uh, Nebraska get on the field, sun-drenched, of course, on Saturday. Let's get busy to it. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal, uh, welcome in to Hale Varsity Radio. We'll spend some time this first hour on the NFL draft. It is looming. You'll hear it right here. Uh, on ESPN Lincoln, different affiliates for Hale Varsity Radio will have coverage as well. And uh, the quarterbacks are the talk of the draft. And you've got some incredible skill people as well. Uh, longtime friend of the show. He has worked with the best of the best quarterbacks the last 20 years. Steve Calhoun of Armed and Dangerous Quarterback Academy. Remember Steve from uh, working with uh, some of Nebraska's former quarterbacks. Steve's also spent time with the Cam Newtons and Russell Wilsons uh, of the world, as well as Jordan Love. Last year in the NFL draft, Patrick Mahomes, you name it, he's had uh, some sessions with. So Steve Calhoun, he'll give us the uh, 101 on this NFL draft. And uh, where is Zach Wilson going to go? Where's Fields end up? And Trevor Lawrence, is he the real deal? And you can just look at him and go, well, yeah, but the NFL is such a different animal. We'll see. So an extended sit-down with Steve Calhoun. We have not forgotten about Nebraska football and the spring game. We'll spend some time with Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, Mondays with Charlie. And, yes, it is a monster visit weekend for the spring game. Greg Smith will have us the latest on visitors. How are things going for Nebraska in the recruiting cycle for 2022 and 2023. And we'll start off with baseball before we get into some football thoughts. Nebraska did not have their best. It looked easy peasy to start out yesterday as the Big Red jumped out 6 nothing, But they struggled. A lot of walks. Uh, a lot of inconsistency on the mound. And uh, you know what? That's what makes Nebraska so fun this year is even when they're not at their best they find a way to win and and this is a a series that could have gone sideways for Nebraska tough outing for them on four to two not much run production uh they found a way and listen I listened to a lot of Friday night they won four rip and it was a bit of a sleepy offensive performance I'm not knocking it I'll take four runs but they had to go extras, 12 uh, to be specific, and they outlasted Michigan State 9-6. to Roskam and Max Anderson doing their thing. Uh, Shea Shanneman was given that uh, touchdown minus the extra point lead. 
he struggled. But the thing is, is Nebraska, just again, gritty over pretty. And uh, Schwellenbach came in and able to, to hammer it down. We're talking four innings. That's a big ask. And he stepped up. It was so crucial uh, for him to come in, impress on the mound. And you had um, not only his mound performance, but he got on base four times and scored three. So that's a, a monster MVP. Nebraska has been rewarded as uh, they are ranked in multiple polls come today. You have the Big Red finally getting their due with Baseball America coming in at number 24. D1 Baseball has Nebraska coming in at number 22. Michigan dropping out of the rankings. Got a weekend series with Rutgers that'll be a great tag team with football. And uh, and then you have the Michigan series looming. Perfect game. Uh, Had Nebraska ranked 22nd last week. They are up to number 19. So Nebraska 20-7 and seven overall, one-and-a-half game lead over Michigan in the Big Ten standings. Uh, you'll take it. And Nebraska played with a little bit of fire yesterday, but they found out a way, found a way to get it handled. Uh, 6.30 and 4 o'clock Friday, Saturday, and noon on Sunday for Nebraska this weekend. Uh, Will Bolt after the game. This was good to see us finish that thing off. It was a crazy game. Sometimes you got to go a little crazy, Elijah, and Nebraska find a way to get it handled. Gritty over pretty. That's been their their mantra all year, and they had it. I mean, Michigan State got a runner to third, I believe, in the 11th inning, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Jackson Hallmark cut him down on the plate after an attempted sacrifice fly. That's not pretty, but that's gritty. You don't want to let that runner get to third, but to, to how I mean... The, the the clutch gene it takes to be able to cut a guy down in the 11th inning <laughs> going home like you know as soon as that ball comes off the bat okay I got to make a throw home here it's weighing on you when that ball's in the air to so make the catch throw it home throw a strike home and beat the guy by a good three strides uh, great throw and then the Huskers come out on top in the in the 12th inning push across a couple runs it's gritty but you, it's- you just hope that you got the home plate umpire to make the right call <laughs> you how many games you up this weekend. Uh, I had a triple header on Saturday, yep. um, but I, I got Sunday off. Okay. So uh, got my three in. Good. We are cranking and, up. And I'll say, didn't miss a single call all weekend. I know. You were, you were perfect. <laughs> Just ask me. Uh, so Elijah's behind the home plate. Now, we're, uh, we've got a double header for uh, the Lincoln A's tomorrow night in Hallam. Mm. I'm getting my second dose, so I will not be... Uh, doing baseball and then we've got a weekend tournament in omaha we'll be down in the rail yard for the spring game uh a 10 to noon weekend edition of hail varsity radio that's pretty awesome also goodies for you as we get closer to memorial day with espn and the memorial day kickoff what we're going to do is play a sounder for you once each hour you also hear it with hooksy and will wilson uh mornings on espn and uh, what we've got going on is we'll take Caller 9 to qualify you. What we're going to be giving away here on May 20th is a Weber Spirit E20 gas grill. That's from your friends at the Capital Patio and Flame Shop. And uh, also giving you some Capital Patio rub and a Weber brush because you got to keep them grates uh, able to cook the meat. And also you, you've got um, a uh, $100 gift card to, to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center. So something pretty and uh, shadeful can uh, can get uh, checked out in your yard, right? Uh, spruce up the backyard, the landscaping, and we need, we're going to give you phenomenal meat 
to put on said grill, a $100 gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. So that's the the, the trifecta right there for you, the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff, and uh, your chance to get qualified uh, each hour can also log on ESPNLincoln.com. So if Paul Feinbaum came to your home, would you offer him a steak of a piece of Nebraska's finest beef? I wouldn't let him in. I'd talk to him on the porch. <laughs> Paul, 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 you need to stay out there. I'd pour a bourbon with him. I'd, I'd have him over for dinner, and I'd just sit him down and educate him about Nebraska because Feinbaum, and this has enraged Nebraska fans, and this came out on 24-7, and I had friends that, that have worked down uh, in uh, in Birmingham at uh, WJOX Radio, okay, our, our old buddy Lars Anderson, of course, and, and Feinbaum's doing a roundtable, and the, the topic of Nebraska came up, so Let's just set the the conversation. I didn't hear the the, the segment, but you have uh, Nebraska's record after three years is is the first talking point. Uh, Twelve and twenty, Nebraska. Scott Frost. Many think Nebraska is entering a a crucial season under Frost, and Nebraska needs to to get to a bowl game, right? So, vaunted SEC analyst. Paul Feinbaum uh, doesn't believe Nebraska can ever get back to what they once were. And let's just, that's the hope, right? The hope is Nebraska gets back to contending for national championships. That's big picture hope, okay? And and even with T.O., it's not that he didn't play for championships. Nebraska was in the conversation. But T.O., the first thing he said after they won in Miami— was, hey, thank you for your patience. You've been waiting about 22 years for this. All right? Because it it had been a couple of decades since you'd won it all. And then Nebraska went on an incredible run. It, it's been duplicated by Saban, but it's it's really hard. So Nebraska, meantime right now, Nebraska needs to worry about beating Purdue and Northwestern. And Illinois, and 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 being in contention when November hits, and and ending the win streak uh, to Wisconsin and Iowa, just get get a a, a plus five hundred season, get to a bowl game, and then start building. And I think Nebraska's doing that; they're trying to do that. But the fan base, from a patient standpoint, you tell me this: what's your buzz level like been this spring? You're interested. But you're kind of wait and see with where Nebraska goes. You want to see progress on the field. You're done with the blind faith thing, some of you. I, and I totally respect that. I get that. But back to Feinbaum here with Nebraska. Uh, you know, with Nebraska, sometimes you just miss your moment. He thinks they, he doesn't think they can get back to what they once were. And he said, when, when Frost got there because of me, he was the coach of the future, and he, he is one of many national pundits that said this is going to be a slam dunk, this is going to be a home run, this is going to get flipped around, Nebraska is going to be good again. Sometimes you miss your moment, and Nebraska, like a lot of these software companies or computer companies in the 90s, they just never change. Uh, or the entertainment companies the last 10 years, when it comes to streaming, you don't adapt and, and continue to, to change. 
Nebraska then gave the old steel chair to the forehead. Nebraska, the fan base, called it delusional. And the problem with Nebraska, too, is the fan base. You could have Keith Jackson and Frank Boyles talking about how they're so loyal. That's true. They are a loyal fan base, but they're also a delusional fan base. They think it's 1980. They think it's 1990. They think it's the year 2000. Go back and look at the at, at the first coach after Tom Osborne. They whacked the guy for winning 10 games. And that's true. You, you fired two double-digit win coaches, not you the fan base. It was a, a goon and an administrator that, that let it happen. So you're still honestly trying to recover from that. So but, can, but, can, can Nebraska get back to, to national relevance? Sure. Can Nebraska win a Big Ten West? Sure. Can Nebraska compete for a Big Ten championship? Yeah. And if you do that, eventually, then the the, the back to glory will, will take care of itself. Now, are you going to be playing in six straight or five straight national championship games? That'd be awesome, but you can count on one hand after a lawn mowing accident the number of teams that have done that. You've got a Clemson run, you've had a bit of a USC run, all right, and you have had the uh, the Alabama run, all right, and it's been Clemson and Bama, and and then Ohio State has won one, and they've been in the conversation, but even Ohio State's not cranked out consecutive championships or gone every other year, so. I don't know that that's the expect. That's the hope, but I don't know that that's the the, the bottom line expectation that Nebraska's got to be on thirteen and zero from the fan base every year. But or Paul, next year, Paul Feinbaum just needs to stay in his lane and keep talking SEC though, because the thing you is, in, in college is. football, Nebraska is still one of the most well funded programs in the entire country, and at the end of the day, money is still going to rule. If you still have the money, you still have the ability to create a successful program. And, and he's going back to Nebraska firing Frank Solich. Okay, if if Alabama had their next successor after Nick Saban go 10-2 and two and then 9-3, and three, and he's losing that championship pedigree at Alabama, you better believe he's getting the boot too. If Ryan Day has a couple 9-3 and three seasons, he's getting the boot too. It's just what you expect from a top-level program. Well, and, and listen, I mean, what, what Saban's done is, is right there with what Bear Bryant did. And it was before Paul's time, so he's not out there beating his chest saying, well, the Saban guy is going to reinvent and recreate the era of dominance for Alabama like say, like uh, Bear Bryant did. Alabama went through three coaches between their last national championship, 1992, and their first one under Saban. And they had to go rip him off from, from, Miami, from Miami after he left LSU to go with the Dolphins for eight seasons, right? So... Say, and Alabama had some bad years they, between well, ninety two and what two thousand nine. They, they had some. So they had a couple of great years, and then they got penalized for said great years because they cheated. So with Nebraska and Feinbaum, Feinbaum, I think if you want to get down to it, I think he was all over Auburn. He was all over the Auburn Central Florida matchup. I think he was really embarrassed by what Central Florida did to Auburn. He looked bad. He looked out of out of out of touch. And then there's Frost there on stage with him, probably side-eyeing him a little bit, picking against my team because Frost was a centerpiece of the national championship game because Central Florida had gone 13 and 0. They were a story. They were a great football team and they drilled <laughs> they drilled the Auburn team that Feinbaum was all over. 
in a love fest with the same Auburn team that beat his beloved Tide and beat his beloved Georgia when he had the All-SEC National Championship game. So that that there's there's a little bit of taking it personally to me with Feinbaum when he goes in on Nebraska. I think he respects the program. I think he respects its history. And I think he understands the fan base. But for a guy from the SEC to get all over Nebraska's fan base about delusional, listen, Nebraska fans are super passionate. But the Nebraska fans haven't crossed that line into uh, restraining order or poisoned trees or gone over and above the call of duty from bag men and boosters all right let's just let's hit our brakes a moment on on who you cover what you know about the sec what's gone on with auburn and alabama with probation not now but in the recent history before you start piling on uh, the uh, delusional fan base we'll talk nfl draft steve calhoun's next and we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are so excited for the NFL Draft coming up. You'll hear it following our show on Thursday here, ESPN Lincoln, a friend of the show for a lot of years with Armed and Dangerous uh, Football Academy. We say hi to Steve Calhoun. Once again, Armed and Dangerous QBS is where you find him on Twitter. Coach Calhoun, how you been, man? Good to spend some time with you. Absolutely. Hey, Chris, I thought you forgot about me, man. I haven't been on the show in so long. Uh, it's been a couple of years. I think two two drafts ago. Two drafts ago. But, man, I, you know, you're like, man, come on now, Schmidt, where are you at? I, <laughs> hey, I, I've never forgotten about you, and uh, we, need you to, we need to get you back here for a spring game, like uh, back in the day, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I mean, too, you know, things are getting back to normal right now. Everybody's getting, you know, getting the vaccine shots and they're starting to let a few more people into the state. And so once that's uh, once I'm clear to able to do that, I'm there. You're a, you're a happy guy, I bet. And you've been uh, continuing to, to work with kids. And Steve, as you look at, at this 2021 NFL draft, we, we both know that quarterbacks are the uh, the prospects that have been under the biggest mic, and they're that way every year. I mean, quarterbacks are under the biggest microscope because it's such an impactful pick. And and I'm interested in your take, and I want to start out with a guy that I loved watching, and I've talked to different college quarterbacks, uh, coaches, mm-hmm. and just former coaches. Uh, Zach Wilson is where I want to start. We'll get to the rest of the crew at quarterback, but you know, you know Zach pretty well because you've trained him. Absolutely, yes. Um, I had the opportunity to start working with him like his sophomore year. Uh, going into his junior year, I was able to work with him for about a year. Um, and just, you know, always, you know, the fact that he was in Salt Lake and mm-hmm. um, it was hard for us to connect. And he ended up, uh, um, you know, still still reaching out to, you know, uh, another former BYU quarterback coach named John Beck. So, but I mean, the, the time that, I had the opportunity to work with him. I mean, he was just unbelievable as far as his uh, paying attention to details and being able to get the coaching points and put him into motion, you know, a few seconds later. Anything I asked him to do. So I knew he was going to be a special player. When you look at him and the college film you've seen at BYU and, and you look at what you saw, you know, in him as a sophomore, junior, and now you project to – 
you know, potentially pick number two with the Jets and, and you know, really no worse than the top four, honestly. And I don't see him falling. I think he's going to New York. I think most folks think he's going to New York. But <laughs> what, what do you love about his his game? And, and I'm asking you from your, your quarterback coaching eyes, what do you love most about what you think he can project to do in the NFL? Well, you know, I mean, he really doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. I mean, if any, you know, he could he could stand in the pocket and and deliver balls. Um, he can definitely, you know, get outside the pocket and and make throws on the run and, and off platform and those things. I mean, he's a he's super smart and he's a football junkie. He's an absolute football junkie. He loves he loves the details of what makes defenses, you know, do this and how, how do they, you know, try to take away stuff on the offense and how can I counter that? You know, he's one of those guys. And, I mean, just having the natural raw ability where he can throw the ball and, and, and create things with his legs along with, you know, how smart he is and, and how much he loves ball, I think he's going to have a very successful uh, career in the NFL. Now, now, Steve, when you look at mock drafts that are going around right now uh, before the, the draft starts on Thursday, most of them have Trevor Lawrence going number one and uh, Zach Wilson going number two to, to New York. And, and when you look at that, is that the, the foregone conclusion in your mind as well that that's how the first two picks are going to go? Well, you know, I don't know how they could, uh, you know, kind of just throw Justin Fields, you know, out of the top two with the amount of production um, he's had at Ohio State and, and how well he's played. So, you know, that's what, you know, when I turn the TV on, that's what everybody's talking about. But, I mean, I like those three, you know, and, uh, and you know, I think, you know, Lawrence, you know, definitely solidified himself as one just with the amount of, you know, games he's won. And, I mean, I think he's only lost like two games since high school. You know, that's hard to be like, all right, no, okay, I'm, I'm going to take him two or three. So, uh, yeah, but, I mean, I, I definitely think you got to, you know, it's, it's a coin flip between Justin and, uh, and Zach Wilson. Steve Calhoun's with us, Sale Varsity Radio, Armed and Dangerous Quarterback Academy. Uh, Steve, a longtime friend of the show, and he's tutored the best of the best in his career uh, from high school to college to the NFL. And uh, more of his Jedis, as he calls them, are, uh, are going to hear their name, you know, in the first uh, hour or so of the NFL draft, including Zach Wilson. I want to go back to, to Lawrence. And you've seen all of these quarterbacks. You've seen Mac. You've seen... Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you've seen all of these kids with your extensive work with the Manning Academy, and correct. The, 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 this is the duh question I always give you per interview, but uh, you know what, what is it? So, what is it in your mind that's so special about Lawrence? Yes, the wins, but just from from a mentality or a physical makeup. And and I mean, he at a young age he came in and killed it at Clemson, yeah. But now he's going to the NFL, and now he's going to Urban in Jacksonville. Is he a guy that could be that Luck Elway type franchise turner? Well, you know what, I, I think he definitely has you know the ability, to, you know to be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. But hey, the NFL is such a crapshoot. You know, yeah. it really um, depends on the talent around him in uh, hopefully is Jacksonville. Like we're already like, Hey, he's going to be on Jacksonville number one pick, yeah, yeah. but you know, whatever team, let's say it is Jacksonville. I think they're going to have to surround him with talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Kansas city. I mean, you know, I mean, Patrick has Patrick Mahomes has a bunch of talent around him and, you know, and the way he set up his contract to leave money on the table to pay other guys to, cause he knows it's, it's an ultimate team game. So I think, you know, 
and they have that in mind, you know, in Jacksonville, that they're going to do that. But he definitely has um, the ability to do that and just his physical stature. When I first met him at the Manning camp, mm-hmm. like he's all a 6'7", like all of them. And you just look and you go, wow, this guy's a quarterback. And then he can run and he can throw and, you know, and uh, the way, you know, he could process information as far as going through his reads and stuff like that. You know, you just don't see a, a lot of guys walking around like that with his ability. Let's talk about Justin Fields. And, and Fields uh, did everything asked of him at Ohio State. Uh, got to a championship game. I don't know that many people were going to beat that Bama team this year. They, they avenged yeah. the Clemson loss last year. And Correct. Fields is so big and thick and fast. And w- what's your take on on some of the smoke coming out against him? You know him. You've worked with him. And I know it's it's some of those teams that are hoping he falls into their lap. But there's been some real <laughs> questions about character and leadership. What's your reaction to that? Well, you know, um, unless you're in the building and in the locker room, I don't think you can believe any of that. Yeah. I think you just have to, you know, I know all the NFL teams are doing their due diligence as far as, you know, having, you know, he, he did two pro days and, you know, they're interviewing him and, and uh, doing Zoom calls with him. So I think there's a lot of possible misinformation out there. Um, and, and, you know, somebody from another team could be putting that out there to hope that he falls, and, and then they ended up getting him, you know, and a little bit later in the first round. But you just don't know what to believe, you know, with these drafts, you know, coming up, and you have – everybody has a mock draft. Uh, I thought you might have a mock draft, Chris. It's right between my, my ears, man. my man. <laughs> that way we can, we can erase. <laughs> yeah. You're the only one in the country that don't have a mock draft. But, yeah, it's just kind of – it's hard to believe what you're hearing. But, you know, from every, you know, he's a great kid and he's an unbelievable competitor and he has some physical you know, traits that you just can't pass up. What do you like about Fields' personality being around him? Um, you know, he's actually kind of quiet. You know, he's kind of an introvert and um, he's kind of quiet. But he is a – we would call him a quiet assassin, mm-hmm. definitely. Call him a quiet assassin because, I mean, he is a, a super competitive guy and he does not want to lose and he will do anything in his, in his uh, possible to, mm-hmm. to win a game. Definitely. So, so Steve, the, uh, the the consensus top three really is Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, and Zach Wilson. That's your top three in whatever order you want to have it. Um, which guys are falling okay. after? I, I know you're hearing smoke and mirrors about maybe Mac Jones going to San Francisco. Um, Trey Lance's uh, name's Trey, popping up, Trey too. Lance as well. Who, who do you have beyond that top three? Um, I definitely have, you know, uh, Mac Jones up there. I mean, just what he has done, what he has accomplished at Alabama – it's it's hard just to I'm like ah okay yeah I mean, because but I can understand why you know people are going okay he shouldn't be a top five guy or top or a first round guy because I mean AJ McCarron had a lot of success um, uh, the kid Coker the mm-hmm. Coker quarterback I mean he wanted so I mean you go all right Hurts it's not and, hard to play Hurts quarterback into, uh, and yeah, yeah I mean look <laughs> exactly you know people think okay it's not hard to play quarterback at, at Alabama when you have so much first-round talent around you. But you still have to throw the ball. You still have to make the right read. You still have to make the correct checks, you know, as far as your protection. Um, so I don't think everybody can just play quarterback. So, I mean, I like him. Um, I do. Um, Trey Lance is definitely intriguing with his uh, – with, with his physical makeup, I think he's 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 a raw 
uh, uh, player, raw quarterback, and you know hasn't had that many games underneath his belt at North Dakota State. But you know people are drafting on potential. Um, but I think I, I have a sleeper that I had the opportunity to work with, um, Felipe Franks out of Arkansas. You know his his physical stuff. You know he, he measured at six six and a half and two thirty five and ran four five five at his pro day. And then you know he has a huge arm. So I have to you know give my guy Felipe Franks some love because I think he's going to be in that next five. You know you got your first five coming up. Mm-hmm. You know who's everybody's talking about, and then you got the next five. And I think Felipe is going to make some noise. But I like. Trey Lance and I like Mac Jones. I like those guys, you know, to to get picked early because they do, you know, they're they're really good quarterbacks. You know, I look at Franks and and what he did at Arkansas and his time at Florida, and, and also a guy that you kind of compare if you can your guy, you know, Jordan Love last year that that went real high in the draft. Who you spent. A ton of time with the, the Green Bay said, "All right, you, you're our next dude." And, and Green Bay's had a pretty Correct. good run of quarterback picks, and he's sitting behind uh, Rodgers right now. But you know, when you look at 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 at, uh, at Love's situation and also the Trey Lance, can you compare the guys? Because it, it feels a little bit. I know I know Lance is at North Dakota State, and and uh, Love was was a D one guy. But are there similarities in their game that you see? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, they both have elite arm talent. I mean, elite. And those are guys that, uh, you know, that you see getting taken in the first round. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, they just can do some things with the ball and then make some throws. You know, the amount of velocity they can put on it and put it in tight windows. You know, that really separates those guys at the top top of the draft. So I definitely see a lot of similarities between, you know, uh, Trey Lance and, and, and Jordan Love. Hang on, more with Steve Calhoun. More draft preview at Hale Varsity Radio. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Steve Calhoun's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. We're talking NFL Draft and Armed and Dangerous Quarterback Academy. You know Steve Calhoun from that, his work with past Husker quarterbacks and uh, some of the who's who of the NFL Draft. Uh, this draft is uh, potentially special with quarterbacks in 2021. We've kind of previewed. Steve, I'm going to get to a couple of guys that are having success in the NFL in a moment. I want to get your take because Armed and Dangerous Academy also works with uh, skilled guys. And uh, yes, where are you at with what you've seen or heard about Pitts? Because Atlanta may pull the trigger. Dallas may trade up for him. There's a <laughs> lot of teams that want Pitts to fall to them. And, man, you, you see the, the basketball influence in the NFL. And with that body and frame and athleticism, Pitt, Pitts had an incredible year under Mullen, obviously. But, man, the projection to the NFL, I mean, it, it's been a long time since a, a tight end could go that high. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his physical traits, um, his um, the way he tracks the football and the way he catches the football, um, it, it's it's pretty it's, it's special. It's special, and the fact that you know I've been you know working with Felipe for the last mm-hmm. you know six months or something like that. Him and Kyle have a great relationship, and you know he's told me many many stories about Kyle Pitts and just how freak like you know people call him a unicorn because mm-hmm. he's an absolute uh, matchup nightmare. Just you could throw the ball anywhere, and you know he can he can track it and, and make those catches against any type of defense. Whether it's you know you want to put a 
a, a safety on him or you put a corner on him, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to out-physical those guys and just decide, you know, 6'6", six, six, be able to run and in the four fours or, you know, he's really, really special. So anybody that's trading up to get him, you know, they're, they're doing it for a good reason because they're getting a special player. Coach, what's your take here on the two Bama wideouts, uh, Waddell and, and Smith? And also, is there a guy better in this draft after the catch than Jamar Chase? Ooh, I'm glad you brought his name up. Um, I I haven't seen – I mean, those those three right there, I mean, they are definitely uh, uh, top 15 picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Jamar Chase, you know, people kind of forgot about him a little bit because he opted out of the 2020 season. But you go back and put his 2019 tape on – and you, it, it, it matches up with anybody that's coming out of, you know, came out of college football. You know, you got Devontae Smith, who just, he's unguardable. Mm-hmm. He's literally unguardable, and they played an all-SEC schedule. And it's, oh, but he's only 170 pounds, but you still got to catch him. You still got to try to put hands on him. And he's an unbelievable route runner. Route runner. And, uh, and he's a smart, he's like a quarterback at wide receiver because he understands, understands defenses so well and then you add in add in Waddle and then the speed I mean you, that's another Tyreek Hill right there mm. you know the speed he's going to be able to take the top off and then you know any type of you know one on one matchup he has a, a really good chance of winning so I mean I'm excited to see where those guys go and, and see them play on the next level and I'm a little bit uh you know, with my son playing for the Miami Dolphins, hopefully we will get one of those guys to help help our guy too out. Well, right. It sounds like <laughs> that that Miami may they'll definitely snatch up Chase or or uh, or Smith or, or Waddle, whichever one of the the receivers is left. I mean, who knows what Cincinnati does if they go offensive tackle to help out since uh, he's O-line situation or if they if they re- reunite Burrow and Chase together. Steve Calhoun's with us, Armed and Dangerous Quarterback Academy, Hale Varsity Radio uh, at armedanddangerousfootball.com and at armedanddangerousqbs on Twitter's where you find Steve. So two quarterbacks, as we say goodbye, you were really high on. I remember talking to you about both before the draft. You were all over Justin Fields because you've spent time with him. And, man, his rookie year looked great. And, I, you know, all of us around here were like, okay, what's KC doing trading up for this Mahomes guy? He only, he'd always go 5-7, and seven, you know, at Tech. And they'd lose games 70-65. to 65. My, oh, my. Because you worked with Patrick at, at the uh, at demanding stuff. And, and you saw, That's correct. Uh, you know, you know Patrick's family. And, and man, um, <laughs> uh, wow, what a perfect fit for Andrew, Andy Reid. Both guys, you were like Schmidt. They're both going to be nice. And, and while Mahomes has yeah. done a lot, uh, the, the future looks good for Herbert. Comment on both those guys if you could. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, I mean, both Justin and uh, and, and Patrick. I mean, they're just unbelievable players. Um, for me to, uh, and, and now that you know Justin's here with with uh, with the Chargers, mm-hmm. and I train Keenan Allen and most of the wide receivers, so I get a chance to, to be around Justin quite you know quite a bit and see him throw the ball, and it's just like you know, same thing. Justin's six six, almost six seven. He can run, and just the arm strength. You know, it's unbelievable. I mean, and, and the same thing with Patrick. You know, you know, there is quite a few quarterback coaches that I'm. You know, as I scour mm-hmm. the the internet, they try to you know create drills that you know they see Patrick Mahomes do in the game. And I'm like, no, like Patrick Mahomes is one of one. 
<laughs> Only he can do that. Let's just let's work on you know more Peyton Manning, like have a great base right. and, and make a you know make a good solid throw. But hey, both of those guys, you know Justin Herbert and and, and Patrick Mahomes, I mean they're going to have great careers. You're going to hear about those guys for the next you know uh, twelve to fourteen years. Steve Calhoun with this Armed and Dangerous Quarterback Academy. Steve, best to you and uh, best to your son down at the, with the Dolphins, and we'll do yes, this sir. sooner rather than later. Always great to get caught up with you, bud. Hey, I appreciate you having me on the show all the time. Steve Calhoun, man, longtime friend of the show, and a good preview there for the NFL draft. And uh, we'll get that interview posted in its entirety up ESPN Lincoln, ESPNLincoln.com. So Nick Saban has weighed in with the NFL draft. He, uh, he had a, a few drafts, and, and he gets uh, a little preachy, but it's, it's gold Saban takes right here. The difference between and and but, this was pretty good on Twitter today. Well, again, this goes back to players creating value for themselves. Um, I I always talk to players about, I spent eight years in the NFL, so that means I spent, I sat through eight drafts, which meant it's not just a draft, it's two weeks of preparing for the draft. And then two more weeks of getting questions answered and then two more weeks of preparing for the draft. So I'm talking about listening to a thousand draft reports. And I tell our players all the time, the two most compelling words in the draft report is and and but. All right. So they read the player and I'll take a defensive back. All right. He's got quick feet, change of direction, got good long speed, can play man to man. He's a good tackler. He's got toughness got really good ball judgment and really good ball skills. And he's a good person. He was a leader on the team. He graduated from school. Coaches loved him. Read the same player. But he had a positive drug test. He had a domestic violence incident with his girlfriend. Got in a fight in a bar when he was a freshman. Strength coach said he wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. Who, who, who do you want on your team? And or but. All right. So what I tell players is you don't realize that as soon as you apply for a job, as soon as you put your name in for the draft, people are looking for reasons not to pick you. They're looking for reasons not to hire you. So don't give anybody a reason to say, but it's the only way that you can create value for yourself. So that and and but what came after that had nothing to do with what the player was, but it had a significant impact on where the player got picked. So this is an analogy that I use all the time with players to try to get them under to understand how do I create value for myself in my future for what I want to accomplish? And it goes right back to, yeah, I might have to edit my behavior a little bit. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Pretty big week as week five here for spring football. Nebraska will end it on Saturday. Spring game will be down to the rail yard 10 to noon with Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. Getting things kicked off the right way before the 1.30 kickoff. Reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. Are you selling your home in 2021? Because, man, it's... 
It's a high price. It's time to make some money off that home, or you're looking for something. Well, either way, West Blue Realty, there to help you. They are just an incredible group of real estate professionals that are local, and they specialize in those residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. You mentioned Hale Varsity. For a limited time, they can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. The two dudes you need to know, Tom Luby, Kelly Hofsnyder with West Blue Realty. Give Tom a shout today, Tom Luby, at 402-540-3768. Or Kelly Hofsnyder. Kelly's there, man, at 402-202-2312. And can log on for more information, westbluerealty.com. Go see him when you get into town for the spring game. Or if you're in town or you're here, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. So, at some point, Elijah, we may have to do this Wednesday. We'll dive into our draft. All right. You and I will have to draft our our starting 11 for Nebraska. Yep. Team Elijah, Team Schmidt. I don't know quite know how things are going to go with uh, the spring rosters who's wearing red, who's wearing white, because you had the, the old McCaffrey deal last year where he wore both. <laughs> but I, I'm hoping, and I don't know that we'll see this, but I'm hoping to see Adrian against the ones, uh, offense versus defense, but I'm pretty sure you're going to have the ones versus the threes and the twos versus the fours, unless you have Adrian and Cam Taylor-Britt draft, if they draft the team. Mm. But typically, you're going to try and get some continuity going and uh, and finish out on a positive note. There's a lot of players that, that you want to see have a good spring game to kind of give them some momentum into the offseason. Let's get you qualified right now for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. Here is your sounder. That's not my wife throwing a toaster that's plugged in into my bathtub that's supposed to be a grill. You hear the birds, and just imagine the the smoke wafting. The birds have been loud this spring. I'm not sure if I just, like, didn't go outside enough last spring or what's up, but, like, I've been hearing the birds, like, a lot. So what we're telling you to do right now is be caller 9 Four six six three seven seven six four six six thirty seven seventy six or one eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Caller nine qualifies right now. What are you qualifying for? The Weber Weber Spirit E two ten gas grill from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. Also, you're qualifying for a one hundred dollar gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Centers. And a $100 gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. Go Fred Flintstone, man, with a side of beef and a bone in it. Collar 9 now qualifies for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. Drawing will be happening for you May 20th. Log on ESPNLincoln.com. We'll do another qualifier next hour. Coach McBride's on the way. 
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back at it, Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Chances for you this hour to qualify for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. We had a ton of folks call in. Congrats to Mike. Mike, you qualify. We're talking a Weber Grill. A $100 gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center. A $100 gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. And get a thick old steak or pork chop. It's going to be grill weather. It's going to be gorgeous for the spring game. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt. Another Monday with Charlie, Coach Charlie McBride. Coach, we're working on low 90s here. How's the weather up north? It's going to be um, It's beautiful outside. It's, it's, I don't know what the temperature is exactly, but we're, we're, we're going to be in the 80s tomorrow. That is good. Are you wearing sleeves right now? Hmm. No, I'm, I'm naked. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going there. <laughs> no, I got, my, I got my T-shirt on. I just, that's it. My, long, I, my, my Nebraska long-sleeve T-shirt, I had a... I think maybe I'll have to put it away for the summer. Summer. <laughs> you just, you just, uh, yeah. No, I was just asking, are you wearing sleeves? And you said, nope, it's commando time. There we go. I, uh, had, a, I had a guy finally ask me, do you ever put that shirt or do you ever wash it or do you ever put it away? <laughs> I guess when I see the guy, I have it on all the time. So he thinks that's the only thing I own is a long sleeve Nebraska t-shirt you probably have a few options i would think of, of long sleeve nebraska did you hey go ahead nothing no, the just... kids get took everything i had <laughs> you, you, when you have three boys mm-hmm. you don't come home with a new hat okay they get ripped oh wow oh it's gone hey with the nebraska long sleeve though that's that's high fashion now. it's, you it's good Oblo using that no, like, no that's good i he's in front of the fashion trends here I'm, I'm interested in were you super did you have a superstitious like shirt or a special hat or anything you wore during a game a big game or are always well no i um the funny thing that i had is when i when my when my dad um Died. He had a tuxedo he had bought in way back when, and it had two, three little diamonds in it, and mm-hmm. one in the tie pin, and one in the coat sleeve. You know, in the mm-hmm. cufflinks. Yeah. Mom gave us all three of the boys gave gave it to, gave us one and put m- mine in my in wedding ring. So sometimes when I didn't know what to call, I'd. I'd uh, you know call the defense and rub my ring and tell my dad that. He called it, so if you screw it up, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, that's the only thing I had. I just, you know, once in a while I used it because it was his and, you know, and kind of nice to have. I love that story. He just rubbed the ring for Dad, and 
and yeah. uh, Wistrom would get you a sack. Um. That's right. <laughs> I blame it on him then. Yeah, that's funny. Charlie McBride. can handle it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's good. I bet. Charlie McBride's with us. Monday's with Charlie. Coach, what, what do you want to get out of spring football? Okay, it's, it's a spring game. You've been working hard for five weeks. What are you hoping the team kind of gets out of, of, next, of this Saturday? Well, you, you hope you fundamentally you get, they improved a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's, that's probably the biggest thing. The other thing is how much they, they, they learned, but it's also a test when they come back, how much did you retain? Mm-hmm. You know, now, nowadays they have more option to meet with the players where we didn't. I, I think, you know, they have meeting time like mm-hmm. we never had anything until the season started. Oh, well, he had them at night, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, during practice. But but how much, you know, how much you retain your learning and things like that are important. I think I think you find out the guys that retain are the guys that think about it in the summertime. And I always used to really get on them. You know about don't don't you know don't leave here and forget everything you learned. There's a lot of kids that just say, "Well, football's over," and they forget all about it. And then they, you know, the young ones, the older ones won't, but mm-hmm. the young ones do. And then they come back and act like they don't, you know, like they never did anything before. So, so you have to really remind them and tell them what you know what you know the things they ought to be doing in the summer and. We didn't have we didn't have a lot of handouts. We handed a notebook out at the beginning of the year, but not a lot of stuff during the year. And um, but we, you know, we we tried to fundamentally really get it down right, and then learn as much as you can about uh, as far as the scheme, as far as the plays, you know, concerned. Uh, learned uh, a lot of the offensive line had their blocking calls and things like that. Uh, that they had, and um, and it's funny. The other thing was is that, you know they think everybody thinks they had to to I signal the defenses in, and then we got to a point later on where we had uh, we had George was up in the uh, press box, mm-hmm. and uh, instead of having me signal in the secondary, he just he just. You know, like I'd give the front and George would tell what coverage he wanted. Mm-hmm. And then we had our graduate assistant signal in. So we had actually two guys signaling it. My stuff was pretty nonchalant stuff. You know, it, it, I see a lot of guys jumping around the sideline acting like they're about half nuts. They got three guys standing together making fooling themselves for the whole game. How would you like to do that? I mean, I don't, that's no good. And uh, it was really funny. Somebody said, well, did you ever hear anybody across the field? This, this was a, a, somebody from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Said, did, you, did, you, did you ever watch us across the field? I said, no, we had Kenny Walker. He just read your lips. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> Ken, Kenny was yeah. the, not only you I, make it happen on the field. I never thought of that. <laughs> I wasn't that devious. I yeah. never thought about doing that. But I'm sure he probably could have done it. That's funny. You know, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, we're just he, we're just stealing your. We're just we know what you're saying. Kenny's got it down. That's good. <laughs> uh, he was a great one to coach. I'll tell you that. Uh, there, Charlie, there's a long story behind him. Well, tell tell me that story real quick. I remember, Gazuntite. I remember, Coach, you spending some time on on just the recruitment of him because he was a hell of a basketball player, wasn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, he was. And, I mean, he was – the thing was is, you know, he was one of those kids that really, really wanted to play a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. really, you know, it was really meaningful to him, the game. And, you know, he came as a defensive end, and they decided he couldn't hear the calls and he couldn't do this and couldn't do that. And then then he, we decided, you know, I said, well, let's make a defensive lineman out of him. We have a few calls, but a lot of the stuff is, you know, simple. And, and, and the calls that the guys make, like, for example, at the time we had, I remember Pat Engelberg was, was the nose tackle mm-hmm. at, the, at that time, and he did a lot of hand signaling to Kenny. You know, when he, when he got down in his stance, if there was something, he very simple stuff that would make him come down over the guard, or you know, if we had a stun on or something, they had they did it themselves. I told him, I said, you guys do it yourself. That way, you know, you'll know, you know what what's right. Well, the hard thing about that nobody realizes with deaf people is hand signals in football. There are none. There's no there's no words for blitzes and no, there's no words for for the things that we say. So Mimi Mann, who was the heart and soul of our of Kenny Walker and, mm-hmm. and I, but I mean he, she did such a great job. They made up their own hand signals to, for meetings. So when I talked about something after a period of time, then Kenny knew you know what I was saying. I mean at first he was like you know, lost, mm-hmm. but, but he, he was a good learner. I mean, he, he really was a good learner, but you know, we were running a slant defense and that was when, when he slanted, you, you, he was so fast. I mean, he was fast enough to be a back, Wow. you know, I mean, he could fly and he was, um, you know, really, really, really strong and had really great strength in his hands. And um, that that's those those things really made him well. He I don't know if people really realize this, but he was the first and only All American deaf kid there's ever been. He was an All American, and and he also I mean he, he was first team All yeah, yeah he first was, team All American yeah he was yeah. he was incredible defensive tackle. And I tackle. remember I remember they told me, and I went up and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to tell Kenny and. I started tearing up before I couldn't even talk to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, and, and, you know, he and I were both there. And God, he was so excited. He didn't know what to do. And, you know, it was just a, a great feeling because when he came, he, they didn't know where to put him. Mm-hmm. They tried him maybe at linebacker, maybe at defensive end, everything else. Basically, he was a defensive end, I think, in high school. Mm-hmm. And you know, in high school, they don't have a lot of. They you get the defense, and that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, you might have a couple of things, but uh, in college, it's a lot different. Especially when you have different fronts or different different formations would give you a different front. Maybe you had a, a check to a special blitz or a special front. You know, there's so many different things you can do. And it takes a lot of time to learn it, but he did, and I mean, it was amazing. And she never came to practice. Wow. She was at the meetings all the time. So 
You know, and the best thing Kenny did is I used to get mad at him. If I get mad at him and he knew I was mad, he'd just turn around and walk the other way. <laughs> like <he> just, <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> everybody, would, everybody would just laugh. You know, it would be... I'd get on him, and he all of a sudden he'd just turn around and go the other way. Yeah, he yeah. wouldn't even watch your, you know, he could read lips now. Yeah. You know, he was one of those kids that could read lips really good. And uh, <laughs> so, but he was a jewel. He's He was so much fun. Uh, him and Mike Kroll going to Denver, and, and they did work oh, in the yeah. NFL. Was, oh, was great. Charlie McBride's with us. So, yeah, go ahead. They were both so fast. I mean, it was uh, Mike Kroll fly i mean it was you know and he was in a he was a kid that was adopted mm-hmm. i think and uh from people here in michigan in fact okay. <clears throat> i think that if i remember right but anyway it was uh that was a great kind of duo on on the line for you and and they did well with uh, denver uh in in the early 90s charlie right. mcbride's with us coach got a couple of minutes here you'll uh be watching the spring game uh, I asked you what you want to see the kids get out of, of Saturday. What do you? How, how does the, the the breakdown go? How do you think they'll they'll pick the teams for Saturday? Well, if they, you know, I want to see some, you know, some banging around. You know, I mean, some really getting to the football on mm-hmm. defense and ha- and having fun with each other, having fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, that brings the guys. You know, you may make some mistakes and you may do some of the things, but as long as you know, they have fun with each other or they have fun playing the game. That That's an important thing. And I think a lot of times people don't, you know, it, it's, it is a serious thing for coaches. It's not maybe for fans, to, you know, sometimes that, you know, they're having a good time. And But I think, you know, when they make a play that they acknowledge each other and they, you know, and they you could just tell if they're having a good, you know, having fun playing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's that's important because it, it gives you an idea a little bit about the temperature of the team. I think there's a lot of confidence, Coach, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. They're trying to grow offensively. About a minute here before we got to go away, but um, that that offensive line spot. What's what's important about the guard spot? As guys are really battling for it. Well, I think it's, it's the ba- base. Really, what I looked at was the basic one-on-one stuff where you're blocking somebody mm-hmm. in the spring game. I mean, you're getting on a guy and you're doing something with him. You're picking up a slant. You're picking up a stunt. You're you're pretty much the simple things. Now, there's going to be a lot of different blitzes you're going to see, and in the spring game, we normally didn't do a lot of that. So it was pretty much man on man, and and it was you know that's the way it was kind of a lot of times prepared for, you know. Mm-hmm. If we did have a blitz, we did. We had three blitzes in one game, and we just they, we decided in the meeting what they'd be, and, of course, Milt worked on them and practiced the day before. <laughs> did you ever throw any surprises at T.O. On, on, on defense? Oh, yeah, they, they worked with the, You might as well not have them, <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> But I mean that was that that was fine, you know. But at least it gave guys a chance to do something instead of just standing there and beating each other up. But mm-hmm. I think you're looking for their what they're doing pass rush wise and what they're doing. And and people say, well, you know, your power rush and all that stuff doesn't mean anything. It means a lot mm-hmm. because it means leverage. It means uh, you know 
And so there's there's a lot of things, you know, that they have to learn. I think there's, you know, a lot of pass rush techniques they'll have to learn over the time, and then they have to decide which ones they're going to use because you can't use them all. you got to get yourself really honed in on, you know, one or two mm-hmm. techniques going and then one or maybe a counter off of each one, you know. So, so it takes some time to figure out what they're going to be. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, we'll talk next Monday and get your thoughts on the spring game. It was fun to chat today. Stay stay warm, all right? I'll do it. Have fun. You too. We'll talk soon. Get get them them rocking. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Coach. (laughs) Okay, you bet. Bye now. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. That was a lot of fun to check in with the uh, Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, Mondays with Charlie. Steve Calhoun previewed the quarterback and NFL draft selections here. Thursday uh, is when the draft gets going. We welcome in uh, recruiting insider with HaleVarsity.com and magazine, Greg Smith. Greg, what's up? How are you? I am very well. I have the the windows and doors open at home. I'm feeling good. Now, are you grilling tonight? I've got a kebab that's just been marinating, and I'm going to fire the old grill up uh, shortly. Not that I'm counting down. I love what I do, but I mean, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> there's there's a beer that needs to be poured and 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 and, and uh, steak that needs to be eaten. Are you grilling later? Shockingly, I am not because I just took advantage. I took advantage of yesterday and actually grilled for yesterday and today. Mm. Um, so we I did some uh, sirloin steaks and then some chicken thighs, the boneless chicken thighs, which I've been in favor of over the breast here recently. So okay. we, still, we grilled yesterday. I'm, yeah. I'm, no, and that's that's the way to do it, man. And it was great yesterday. My buddy Uncle Nate did the hind quarters. He put the put, okay. fixed those for us and. And uh, the other day, and and that's the the leg and the thigh with the bone, yep. and, and that was it's the best part of the chicken. That's magic. I mean, it's not that yeah, I hadn't had good. it before, yeah. but I'm usually a, a, a breast guy, chicken, yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and and I've always been a chicken breast dude. But man, the hindquarters they are incredible. Yeah, definitely. And those are, it feels like those, I wonder why, those are like the quintessential like barbecue, summer barbecue yes. uh, chicken piece. Yeah, money. I just so, want to let you know, Chris, uh, that I'm totally going to save that little sound bite there. Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. You so have to. so if, if, what, what, what part of the Nebraska football team is the, uh, the hindquarter grill equivalent? <laughs> if we can go grilling food for Nebraska football spring 2021 here. What's the hind quarter option of Nebraska football? So the, the best part of, yes. of yes. Nebraska football right now, um, probably the secondary, okay. Um, okay. followed by probably closely by the defensive line. I really like that defensive line, but I love the secondary. I think there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of experience there. Um, there's a great mixture of guys that have played pretty good football mm-hmm. um, and guys that we've seen flashes from that you expect to continue to take steps. I think Travis Fisher's group are the hind quarter part <laughs> of Nebraska football team. I love that. Way to, way to roll with the punches. Greg, how, how uh, important, how big is Saturday going to be? What's it going to mean? I mean, it, it, you know, the, this last year has been this last year. You get the mix of weather. You get the mix of fans. And, you know, you're going to have uh, kind of a return to normalcy, we hope, on Saturday. 
Yeah, I think it's a big deal for Nebraska in that, like, you just, like you said, you get that return to normalcy. But I also think that it's going to be great for the team to get out there um, and kind of showcase how they've been working and kind of the results of that work, right? They got a little taste of that um, in the open spring practice a couple of weeks ago. Um, And by all accounts, they had a lot of fun doing that. I think it'll be ramped up even more for the spring game. Um, And then the fans will definitely be eager to get back inside of Memorial Stadium. They always covet that. Um, but then to see the team and to get eyes on them in person uh, for the first time in quite a long time, um, I think it should be a really fun atmosphere on Saturday. Greg Smith is with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine Recruiting Insider at Greg Smith HV. Greg, uh, highlight some names that are going to be here unofficially May 1st. And uh, I know that, that MJ Morris is kind of the headliner for 2022. But also, you got another quarterback in Reese Mooney for 2023. Give me your take on how big Saturday is for Nebraska and Morris. Because I know Stanford's in it. I know FSU's there. I know Georgia Tech's there. Tim Beck and, and NC State are all over Morris. How's Nebraska shaping up? What's, what's Saturday going to do potentially for Nebraska's uh, ability to land this quarterback? Yeah, I think it's a really big deal, and it's probably being like we're not selling it enough on how big of a deal it is that MJ Morris is coming here on his own dime on what I'm going to call a very unofficial visit because he's not allowed um, to have contact with coaches. He's not allowed to tour the facilities. Um, and so you've really got to like a place and really be interested in a place to come from Atlanta, Georgia to Lincoln, Nebraska as a quarterback that, you know, has close to 40 scholarship offers, right? Like that, that says something about the job that Coach Frost and Coach Reduce have done recruiting him. Um, I think Nebraska can make a really nice move here. I think everyone is chasing Florida State at this point. He did go to their spring game, but I think Nebraska has an opportunity because they can show off what they like to do with quarterbacks this Saturday, but also sell that he would be the only 2022 quarterback in this class. I think they do have a real opportunity to make a move with it. What's the mile marker distance here? Who's the leader and where's Nebraska at, in your opinion, here ahead of May 1st for MG? Morris. Yeah, I think Florida State's the leader right now. I, I don't think that it's an insurmountable lead. Um, I, I do think that Nebraska has an opportunity to make up some ground there. Um, it, it's not over by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but he does want to make a decision before he plays a senior football season. Um, so a summer decision is probably likely for Morris at this point. Greg, while we're on the topic of quarterbacks, got to ask, how much do you think that the performance of the quarterbacks in the spring game on Saturday is going to factor into whether or not the Husker coaching staff goes and hits the transfer portal looking for another quarterback this summer? I think it'll be another touch point, like it'll be another data point for their kind of evaluation. But I think that that's been something that they've been thinking about this whole spring, um, and they've probably had in the, in the back of their minds um, when kind of evaluating the, the guy behind Adrian Martinez. The problem is going to be it's like let's say Nebraska comes out of the comes out of the spring saying, "Hey, yes, we need to go ahead and get a transfer quarterback um, to to basically back up Adrian Martinez." How difficult is it going to be to find a guy that's willing to do that? Like that. That's not going to be an easy sell to say, hey, you're going to, we want you to come here, but by the way, you're, you're probably not going to compete for the job um, with a multi-year captain starter uh, that we have at, at quarterback right now. Greg Smith's with us. Greg, some other names that you're uh, intrigued by here, the, the visitors list that, that you've got put together here for, for Saturday. 
Yeah, there's a pair of teammates for the 2022 class that I'm really intrigued by out of Kansas. Um, Jaron Kanak, who is an athlete, he can play either side of the ball in college. Um, he is shooting up the recruiting rankings on everybody's uh, service right now. Um, and he's a kid that's got some really good regional offers uh, right now, but Nebraska's been on him early, um, just like they were his teammate inside linebacker Gavin Myers, mm-hmm. who I think it's going to be Nebraska or Kansas State, I think, um, as of right now for him. Um, he, Myers has really liked Nebraska for a long time getting both of them on campus at the same time where they can both have um, some favorable impressions of the school would be really huge. Um, it does not work out often that you end up having two teammates that you want in a class for your school, um, but this could be one of those rare cases, so I'm really I'm curious to see how that one goes this weekend, too. Greg, a thought here. Two, two offensive tackles are, are checking in on Saturday as well. That's Braden Miller from uh, Centennial, Colorado. Also, you've got uh, Valen Erickson out of Chicago, your hometown. What do you like uh, about both of these tackles? Yeah, I think the, both of them, uh, quick feet. I think that there's, some, there's something, two things that you always know about Greg Austin offensive line targets. They're going to be large. Like There's no doubt about that. It feels like um, if you're under 6'5 or so, you're probably not going to have a shot with Greg Austin to come on the Huskers. Um, and that's just how he likes to get down. And you know that they're going to have quick feet because they've got to be athletic. As Ethan Piper said, he said it about guard. But that goes across the board for offensive line in Nebraska based on their offense. Both of them have good feet. Um, they both got a nasty streak. Um, I really like Erickson out of Chicago, not just because he's from Chicago, but also because he really um, knows the Husker history. Like, he grew up in Florida. He said that he told me, I think it was last week, actually, that he grew up 30 minutes away from UCF Stadium, and he was well aware of Scott Frost and Greg Austin's time down there. Um, so that provides a little interesting nugget for his recruitment. What's your take here on Landon Sampson, the, uh, the, the vaunted South Lake region near Austin? Yeah, I think that he's a good receiver. I think that uh, one of the really intriguing things uh, about Samson, I think Grant Page out of mm-hmm. Colorado, maybe another guy coming out. Um, there may be another receiver or two that pop onto the list. Um, it is that you're going to have a wide variety of body types. Samson is more of a guy that could probably play the slot. Page is probably six two or so that could play outside. Um, but Nebraska has options here because they already have Victor Jones Jr. in the class, who goes six two, six two and a half. They've been recruiting a lot of bigger receivers. You might see them go slot or they could also just continue to load up on size um, as they probably are looking at taking maybe one more receiver in this class. Greg uh, Smith is with us, salevarsity.com and magazine at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. We're doing some thoughts on the visitor list here for the spring game, the unofficial visitor list, uh, plenty of quarterbacks. So to the uh, 2023 class, you have Reese Mooney, Love this kid's film. We've talked about Reese before, but Reese has got a buddy. Is this uh, is this uh, Shelton Sampson? Correct his his uh, pass pass catching mate. This guy's he seems pretty for real for the O three class, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm laughing because like if you had to kind of create a wide receiver prospect for the class of 2023, um, it would be him. It would be Samson. Um, he's six two six three, probably one eighty one ninety. Um, runs really well. Has good hands. He is probably I think he's a top twenty five early uh, player for the class of 2023. One of the top wide receivers in the entire country. Um, that one's going to be interesting. It, it is really a big deal for Nebraska 
Johnson to get him on campus and to have Moody be the one bring him because anytime a quarterback in a class is recruiting a guy that he would be throwing to mm-hmm. while he's still not committed to the school yet um, is a pretty big deal, right? That kind of signals something about Moody's intentions. But that will be a recruitment that people will be following for, for quite a while around here. Greg, uh, give me uh, two things you're looking for on on Saturday before we let you get out of here. Back to the game itself here. Who are some guys that, that need to show up Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I can, I'll give you a position group. I do, you need to see something from the running backs. Um, I think that that is going to be something. I think that, like, I want to see the passing game, and I, I think I wrote for Hale Varsity that the wide receiver matchup versus the cornerbacks would be a lot of fun just because of all the talent. Um, but really, we need to see something from the running backs after kind of having an up-and-down spring just based on availability um, from that. So I think that that's one. Um, and then I want to see the line play. I want to see offensive line, how Nebraska holds up, because you know that they're going to get a good test from that defensive line that has a lot of proven guys that can really play. So how does that offensive line gel and look in this football game? I think those are a couple of key areas I'll be watching. Okay, who are you taking uh, with the, the pick? If you could add a quarterback to the Bears, who would you take? About 20 seconds. Oh, boy, if I get, I get anybody you get, in the you draft? Get to, you get to pick anybody in the draft for your, your De Bears. Who are you taking? I'll go ahead and take Justin Fields. Um, I think that he's going to be dynamite in the NFL. I think he fits perfectly as a where kind of the NFL is going with quarterbacks that need to have mobility. Um, I don't understand why he's falling in the draft. And if you want a good rant on that, ask Derek Peterson about it the next time you have him on. Oh, we'll, we'll talk to Dr. Petey probably on Friday. We may commandeer you for a, a cocktail and a pop by for the uh, the rail yard extravaganza weekend edition as uh, we're down there getting re- things kicked off saturday 10 to noon so greg we'll be following you uh, and uh getting all the recruiting updates thanks for the time today bud hey thanks as always go enjoy that weather we'll do there he is greg smith with us on hail varsity chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com just try me try me back to hail varsity radio good stuff today charlie mcbride yes he was fully clothed when he did the interview as far as we know i asked him if he was wearing sleeves it was mid-80s there in michigan he just said nope it's commando time uh, good stuff from Greg Smith. Really fun sit-down with Steve Calhoun, Armed and Dangerous Quarterback Academy. Quarterback tutored uh, to some of the who's who in the NFL. And uh, a lot of connections with this year's quarterback class. What do you believe with San Francisco and the Shanahan? He, it's not drama, but the secrecy and the uncertainty. What he said about Jimmy G today. You know, he was asked by ESPN insider Shefty, you know, is can you guarantee me that that Jimmy G is going to be on, on the roster? And something to the effect, do we have it? Oh, that yes, I do. We, we, we may not see Sunday, but this this was Shanahan's response in a presser today about his current quarterback that's two years removed from going to the Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday. So I can't guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday. Um, so that goes for all of us. <laughs> what a terrible deflection. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's, Here, here's, here's the reality. Shanahan's smart. Shanahan's 
talented. You look at that Atlanta offense that went to the Super Bowl and then blew a monster lead against New England. And then as soon as he was able to get to San Francisco and settle in and get Jimmy G on top of what they've drafted defensively, and they've got Kittle at tight end and Mozart, and, and they've got a lot of weapons. And they, the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy is always hurt, period. Two of the last three years. 24 starts in 48 games. You can't live with whoever your number two is because you're never going to have a number two good enough to sub in and and consistently beat Arizona or Seattle or the Rams. You're just not to get to the playoffs. And he's PO'd at Jimmy's injury situation on top of the fact I think there was a point in the postseason uh, when they went to the Super Bowl, he kind of quit trusting Jimmy G. Maybe Jimmy G got a little gun shy. Maybe he was dinged. I don't know. But they relied on a lot of running the football, all right, and 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 their defense. And San Francisco was really good. And I'll always think back to that overthrow in the Super Bowl. Yes. That, yes. That's my defining Jimmy Garoppolo moment. He had a chance to ice the Super Bowl finish, to win finish it. it against Kansas City. Yeah, and he what, over, what over his receiver. Almost, I'd even call almost wide open receiver. What happened then? All it took was one deep hit by Kansas City, Avalanche, Chiefs win. Yeah, momentum flipped. Yeah, and that that was your knockout shot, and you missed. Yeah. So I think there's been a bit of a buildup, and to take Jimmy G with all the talent in the world, steal him from New England, and then get a Super Bowl out of it is is impressive. But if if you're if you're San Francisco right now and you're Shanahan. What do, you, what do you believe? I believe that they're left with good options, but not great options. Okay. Uh, I, I think Trevor Lawrence will be nice. I think that's obvious. And now you're on to plan B. And if you're San Francisco, do you like Wilson better than Fields? Do you think New York may take Fields instead of Wilson? What do you believe with San Francisco? Do you believe the Mac Jones? Here's the other thing I, I've heard, where the scouting with San Francisco really loves Trey Lance. The scouts want Lance as a Niner. But Mac Jones is who Shanahan wants. Will Shanahan listen to the, uh, the, 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 the dorks? That's, that's your constant. That's what's so funny about the NFL, where you have your owner where you have your front office, and where you have your coach. And the coach is the job, their job is to, to get them ready to go win football games. But as Parcells said, a lot of times they don't get to pick out the groceries. They just got to make the meal really good. So I wonder what wins out here in that tug of war. And, and if you go Mac Jones, mm-hmm. I don't hate it. If you go Trey Lance, I don't hate it. But I think Fields is is probably your dude. That's assuming the Jets take Wilson. And I love Wilson. And, and we heard from Steve Calhoun earlier who trained Wilson since he was in high school. Uh, Wilson's elite. He's smart. And all of these guys, doesn't matter who it is, if they go to a garbage situation, um, that will determine their future, period. I mean, it, there's very few Lux or Elways who go playoffs as soon as they get there. Same with Marino. 
can, can I get my take on this? Yeah, please. I, I think the San Francisco team is in love with Justin Fields. I don't think you move up to the number three spot. No, they're going to take somebody, but they like him. They, they, that's their guy. I, I mean, you don't move up to that number three spot unless there's a guy you're in love with. And considering there's all this stuff coming about about Justin Fields this, Justin Fields that, bad work ethic, what what have you, I think that's them trying to, to, to make sure the New York Jets don't take Justin Fields at two. Because I think Justin Fields should be the number two pick in this draft. I th- here's what I think. I think New England... Is is putting out all sorts of dirt see, I, on I th- Justin Fields, hoping that he'll 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 free fall to them at ten. See, I, I think this or fifteen is, or whatever it is. San Francisco trying to make sure the Jets don't take him at two, making sure they take Wilson so Fields falls to him. Because I mean, you hear them talking about, oh, we like Trey Lance, we like Mac Jones, what have you. Is that their insurance option in case Fields is off the board at two for somebody else to then make a phone call to them at three and get them out of that spot? They're saying all this, oh, we like Mac Jones, we like Trey Lance. Well, maybe they're just throwing it out there so somebody's going to offer them to get that number three spot in case Justin Fields is off the board so they can then get out of that that mistake it would be if, if Justin Fields is off the board because then these teams are going to be worried that they're going to take this Trey is our guy this is who we want if if he gets taken with a pick in front of us we don't love any other quarterbacks above what we have in Jimmy G but let's make it sound like we love them all so somebody else is going to want to trade so us. we'll play a little poker here while they're trying to play checkers that's the way I see it right or pinochle and uh we'll we'll get some value for it all right let's uh, get uh, another uh faithful hail varsity listener qualified oh boy there it is again that is not toaster in bathtub that is the sound of a grill and what we're doing is the espn memorial day kickoff we are qualifying you once an hour also doing so on uh, on the morning hookup with hooksy and will wilson Qualify now. Caller 9 466 3776. Caller 9 qualifies now. May 20th is when we'll give this away. What are you going to win? Well, you can win a Weber Spirit E210 gas grill from the Capitol Patio and Flame Shop. You need a new grill? We're here for you, brother. Also, a $100 gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center and uh, a $100 gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. Some meat for that grill. Caller 9 right now. You heard the cue to call. Now be Caller 9 to qualify. 466 or get in on the 800 line. 1-800-825-5865. Caller 9 qualifies now for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. Grill. Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center gift card, $100 gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer, the giveaway May 20th. Get in now and qualify with Ale Varsity and ESPN Lincoln. Also log on ESPNLincoln.com. We'll wind down a Monday next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, who got qualified? We got Brad qualified this time around. Big Brad. All right. Plenty more chances to win, though. We had one call. I had to apologize to him because he just missed it. He's calling number 10. 
Uh, and, and he was like, I need that grill. I need that we grill. We all need a grill, but my man. But there are plenty of chances to win all, all month long, yeah? Qualify uh, through, um, and we'll do the drawing May 20th. Yeah, so we got So you can log on, ESPNLincoln.com, get signed up that way as well. But uh, we're taking caller nine. Uh, once an hour uh, during Hale Varsity, and then once an hour during the morning hookup with uh, Hooksy and Will Wilson. And it should be reminded that if you do uh, get the uh, your name in the box, if you do uh, win uh, caller number nine, you have unlimited entries, actually, so you can continue calling, and we'll continue putting your yeah, name we're into not, that we're box. Not, we're not putting the old uh, Hoover Dam up. Yeah. <laughs> You're more than welcome to dial us up. Uh, buckle up. Buckle up now. Buckle up on your way to the spring game. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, seatbelts can reduce the risk of fatal injury by 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah. And uh, also uh, email chris at hailvarsity.com. A lot of draft talk, good stuff from Steve Calhoun. Good thoughts on Nebraska as they um, march closer to spring football. The finale on Saturday, we're in the rail yard new, uh, 10 to noon with a, a special uh, time and weekend edition of Hail Varsity Radio. Uh, Vic from Denver's coming in, which is cool. He got his spring game seats and he's making the trek. Uh, we partied with him out in Boulder. That was a good time, man. Is, is Bill from Denver making the trip, though? The Pride of Fairbury is in. He's yes. in. He is in. I don't know if he's getting here Thursday night or, or Friday, but uh, the Pride of Fairbury w- w- may have more than one radio appearance this week. Oh, that'd be awesome. I mean, I, I don't know if I have to, like, taser him and he'll wake up in the rail yard or what, but it'd be fun to drag him along. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's going to be cool. So Dolman's on the way. That's fun. Tomorrow, uh, Ian Fitzsimmons will join us, mm. uh, NFL uh, and uh, ESPN college football guy, insider. You hear him with uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons. He's part of the draft coverage on ESPN Radio this week. So uh, working on Fitzsimmons tomorrow. May have him Wednesday. Still iffy on that. We are working on. Uh, a couple of other uh, former NFL guys to, to get us their perspective. And uh, excited, too, to have uh, Rick Pizzo and Coach Kaczynski. Kaz, love our chats with Coach Kaz on Tuesday. So uh, we'll talk with him tomorrow uh, on, on another uh, Hale Varsity. So can find us and do so. can stream us ESPN Lincoln. You are absolutely invited to get the podcast. Give us a review, good, bad, or ugly. You love us. Yeah. Or annoyed by us, whatever you want. Give us a review, give us the feedback, and uh, three platforms to, to find your Hale Varsity fix. That's uh, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. This just in the Royals, a win against Detroit. So Kansas City is killing it early on. Yeah, and I believe I saw if the Dodgers lose tonight, the Royals would hold the best, best record. record in baseball. And that was fun this weekend. That was fun to see. The, the And I know there's Dodger fans out there that are a little bent out of shape. That was fun to see the, the, the Padres and Dodgers play classic baseball. And, Tatis. I, and I'm not a Royals fan, but I mean, if you're playing well in April, it means you've got to be doing well in October, right? It means that, right? <laughs> Keep rubbing that crystal ball. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. Thanks.